Mac Power Users, episode 390, Tagging with Terpstra. Welcome back to another episode of the Mac Power Users podcast. I'm Katie Floyd alongside my pal, David Sparks. Hello, David. Hi, Katie. How are you today? I feel like we haven't talked in forever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we are here again as often with our pal, Brett Terpstra. Hey, Brett. Hey, how's it going? Thank you for coming back. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, we are excited as always to have you. Hang on, I've, I've got a little drink here I need to take a swig of. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, we always kind of have you back with, with these types of shows. We were looking deep, deep into the Mac Power Users archives, and you were here many times since, but probably one of your first episodes appearances was back in 2011 when we talked about finding files and tagging on Mac Power Users episode 45. No, I actually don't think Brett was on that episode. Yes, I, I was, was because you uh, were. I don't know. We should go listen to it. Um, Cause like the show notes are all full of links to Brett Terpstra. Okay. Well then he was on it. I'm sure that happens sometimes when I'm not here too. Depends on the topic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. So it's been a long time since we talked about tagging and, and fi finding files. And since that time, it seems like the, the systems have got a lot better. You know, the uh, tagging is more universal. Apple supports it. But at the same time, it also seems like a lot less people are interested in tagging these days, which is kind of an interesting dichotomy. So we thought it would be time to have Brett on to kind of get to the bottom of where tagging is now and uh, talk about uh, some of the reasons why you should be doing tagging and, frankly, uh, some of the ways you could implement a tagging system with very little effort. So that's what we're here for today. We can do that. So when we originally had you on the show years ago, we had to, and, and even not so distant future, we had to hack around all of these ways to tag files. We were using labels, and then we were adding like hashtags to things. And we still have to do that sometimes depending on the application. Um, but it was really quite a mess. It, it's a little better now, but not necessarily everywhere. Yeah, it's, I mean, the day open meta is deprecated now. Like that was the, uh, that kind of hack way that we were all tagging way back then. And OS uh, Mavericks, I guess, implemented, uh, ba basically Apple took what open meta was doing and made it official. It It's standard in the system now when you tag in Finder, it does the same thing as open meta with just a different metadata query key. And uh, yeah, so everyone converted their tags over and now it's technically an official part of the platform, although not terribly ballyhooed by Apple. Yeah. And and up until and what really led to this show, I think, is the iOS 11 beta, where now they ha Apple has this files application that we're all going to get on our iPads and iPhones in a couple months. And guess what? It supports the Apple tags. So if you now if you tag something on your Mac, you can see the tags on your phone and your iPad. And, and that showed up in iOS 10. Um, well, so kind of hints of it. There was a tag tab in the, in files, and it didn't do anything, but somehow it made it in there. Yeah, in the iCloud app. Yeah, and, uh, and now it looks like they're you know they're, we're going to have synced tags, which has always been the major. You could build as great a system as you wanted to on your Mac. If it didn't sync to your iOS device, it was becoming increasingly uh, less relevant. 
Yeah. And you want to be able to not only see those tags, you want to be able to edit and, and use them actively on your iPad and iPhone, just like you do on your Mac. And uh, I can tell you using the beta, but the, the tags sync over. I Part of me thinks the reason why it's taken so long is they wanted to get a good backend sync, synchronizing system, because if it, they don't sync properly, that's a problem too. But uh, working through the iOS 11 beta, it's been pretty great in iOS 11 files app to, to find one of my tags, tap on it, and see all the documents that I've tagged on there. So uh, this may become a lot more relevant to people than they think in the coming months. I think one of the problems we still have, though, is although tags are supported in the Finder and in the file system and the Files app, they're not necessarily supported even in all Apple's first-party applications and certainly not in the same way in third-party applications. It's still kind of hacky there. But you will always find them in open and save dialogues, which, as far as file management goes, works. If you can if, if you can tag your files as you save them, if you can search for tagged folders while you're in a save dialog, I mean it 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 effectively makes tagging, you know, universal in every app. Yeah, and and you can also and I want to talk later in the outline about what we do with these tags, but another point is you can it works in the file systems of both operating systems. So in the Finder on Mac and on the Files app and iOS, you've also got access to those tags, which is the other vector where you get into these files. But I think the point I was making is it's, for example, it's not necessarily supported in Mail. We still have to use a third-party app like Mail Tags there. You can't necessarily tag notes in 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 the Notes app, you know, but you can in Evernote. Mail messages aren't really... See, like tagging works as a, an extended attribute on a physical file. And the way that mail stores your email, uh, while there are EML files involved, they, as mail moves messages around, it changes the actual, uh, file system file. And it doesn't, you know, like it could technically support tagging, but tagging email messages in any application, uh, every application has to implement their own generally proprietary way of handling it, uh, often through like IMAP headers, but there's nothing that really ports across and emails aren't really files. So I feel like that's a separate case. While it's all super handy, like mail tags made my life great for a while. But yeah. No, I, I, so let's just talk about mail just for a second. I, I think if Apple wanted that, they'd have to implement a whole surf, separate tagging system for Apple Mail, and then they would have to implement it across the board to the iOS and the Mac version of the application, which which would probably be some glue that held some people in Apple Mail and as opposed to third-party apps if they did it. But Yeah, it really could be. I mean, Google Google's label, instead of uh, the, the folder system, they use labels, which is tagging. Uh, like what Google Google does in Gmail labels is tagging. It's the same idea. And you can have multiple labels applied to a single message. That kind of ruined the way that every other email application looked at folders and categorization of emails. Uh, if everyone implements Gmail-style labels in a mail app, you essentially have tagging. Then you just need to find a way to bridge that to the rest of your system. All right. Now let's go back to just the underlying technology of, of tagging today on Apple devices. So 
uh, are they called Apple tags? I don't even know what the official name of the tags are now, but, but it's, they're just it's called been, tags, David. Okay. Well, <laughs> because there was, you know, because they've had different name for these different tagging systems over the years. I didn't know if they had applied right. their well, own. When open metal was deprecated, we always had to refer to Mavericks tags and then they were finder tags. But hopefully we're to a point now where it is a universal system, at least within the Apple ecosystem. We can just call them tags. But if you if you want to be pedantic, it would be like finder tags at this point. But then that'll get ruined with iOS tags because they should be, you know, they should be synced. Yeah. That's why I like calling them Apple tags because they work on all the Apple devices. Yeah. But the uh, but and there's two there's two components to it. Uh You've got the the word, so the tag has a label on it, but there's also a color, and they've got a set of colors there you can choose from. And um, when we talk later about how we use tags, I think that to me having those two different um, those two different variables there actually helps me in coming up with the with a tagging system that works. And it, it currently works pretty well in Apple uh, Mac OS. You just go into the Finder. And you can, uh, in the finder in the left-hand column, you've got a list of tags. Um, it only has, I think, five or six. It has just the most recent ones. But you can open up a much bigger list, and I have a much bigger list. We'll talk about that later. Um, and I think it's it's really great compared to the old system where you had to open the inspector and, and deal with all these other third-party hacks. Uh, applying tags has never been easier, or it's never been easier to access your files by tags on the Mac. Agreed. Um, the, um, so that's great. Uh, we've already established that this is coming over to iOS. I don't think the implementation, I don't want to get too much in the implementation on iOS 11 since it hasn't been released yet, but it's not very fast the way you apply tags, but you know, they're working on it, but you can apply tags and change tags. One of the things I like about, uh, the tagging system now, like we got a bunch of emails from people in preparation for the show saying, I don't know if I'll get the right tagging system. Well, you can change tags. It's very easy in the finder to copy a set onto a new tag and delete an old tag. I mean, I, I think Apple's done a great job implementing it. Um, so so where are what are we doing with these now that we have them available to us? Brett, I know you're pretty active with using tags to manage your files. I'll, I'll, I'll post a, or I'll send you a link to put in the show notes to kind of my tag filer system. But like I decided way before, way before I had any idea that tags were actually going to be a sustainable future. Um, I use a combination like a shallow folder system and then tags to group all of my files in and use smart folders. And uh, and I use Hazel. So if I tag a file with certain tags, it gets moved automatically into a file system. Uh, file system trees like uh, subfolders are created automatically as needed. And then future files with the same tags get included in the same folders. And it all just happens from my desktop. Um, and then I can search for files very easily because... <laughs> After years of, you know, screwing up my tagging system, I finally came up with uh, a system that works for me. So I have consistent tags that are then easily returned to, which actually directly gets into the problem of why tags are currently not accepted. And we can talk about that. But um, yeah, like they on my on my system, tags are used to trigger Hazel scripts and through a variety of uh, smart folder situations. 
Yeah, so that I think that's like almost a secondary use of tags. I mean, fundamentally, what a tag is, it's a way for you to find files based on multiple, I guess, matrices. Uh, so like you'd say... Criteria. Yeah, there. that's a better word. Uh, so like if you say, I want to see uh, files that are tagged Brett Terpstra and Mac Power users, uh, then all the app files I have with Brett Terpstra and field guides don't show up. So it allows me to do that. Whereas if you have... Uh, files in a folder, it's a single criteria. You know, I have a folder full of Brett Terpstra files. It's going to have a mixture of everything that we've worked on together. Um, with, a, with a ton of subfolders and the files in subfolders aren't, you know, they may have connections to files in other subfolders, but you wouldn't know it. Yeah, because you're only allowed to put it in one place. Um, a, ta- a file tag can exist in multiple places. So um, logically, I think it makes more sense for finding files. I mean, you know, that's the big deal with tags, right? You make the tags, you spend the time, do it. You're not doing it just for the fun of making tags. You're doing it because there's a payoff. I would, I would augment that and say it's not, it, it's primary uh, use for me is grouping files. I can find just about any file with Spotlight. I'm really good at Spotlight, but if I want to connect files that would not normally come up in the same spotlight search, I can easily do that with tags. So then I can create, and that's why, that's why I say smart folders instead of just searches. Uh, like smart folders let me create criteria that group files from all across the file system of all different types into what appears to me in Finder as a folder. Yeah. And and so we had you on the show two or three months ago on a workflow show, and we got into this just a little bit. And it was enough for me for the light bulb to go off when you explained it that way before. Because in my head, it always has been, well, I put a tag in, I spent all this time making tagging system, but I can find the file I want. Um, So I don't, you know, that's wasted time for me making tags because I can find the file without the tag, so I don't need it. Uh, but this hybrid system you you talk about, where you've got shallow folders with tags to do the organization, that makes a lot of sense. And then that gets us to the secondary use of tags, um, which is something like um, you know using it to qualify Hazel to perform actions on files. So it's a it's an indexing tool or a uh, a a, um, a definition that that a computer can use to to perform further acts, and that's a whole separate use for tags. And we'll talk about that later. Uh, but first, let's take a quick break. This episode of Mac Power Users is brought to you by Casper. Casper is a company that is focused on sleep. They make the perfect premium mattress and sell it online for a fraction of what it would cost in a store. Casper's award-winning mattress was developed in-house, has a sleek design, and is delivered in an impossibly small box. In addition to the mattress, Casper also now sells an adaptive pillow and soft breathable sheets. An in-house team of engineers spent thousands of hours developing the Casper mattress. It is obsessively engineered at a shockingly fair price. It's no surprise they have an average of 4.8 stars across more than 30,000 online reviews. Their San Francisco research and development team have developed a proprietary foam that relieves pressure and increases airflow. Then they combined it with a springy support comfort layer to contour to your body and help keep you cool. This means that Casper mattresses have just the right sink and just the right bounce. Casper makes quality mattresses at great prices, and they're designed and developed in America. They have cut the hassle and cost out of dealing with showrooms and are passing those savings directly on to the consumer. 
I have a Casper mattress. I sleep on it every night, and I cannot imagine dealing with a brick-and-mortar store to buy a mattress ever, ever again. It's so convenient. It was delivered to my door in a box. I opened it up in my room, put it on my bed, and then I was done with it, and I cannot imagine ever buying a mattress another way. The mattress is comfortable. I sleep well every night, and it was super simple. Buying a Casper mattress is so easy. It's completely risk-free. And they offer free delivery and free returns to the U.S., Canada, and now the U.K. too. So with Casper, you can actually get to sleep on their mattress before you make a decision. So try it out for 100 nights and decide if it's the mattress that you want to spend a third of your life on. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. You can get $50 towards a mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash MPU and using the code MPU at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you so much to Casper for their support of this show. Okay, so getting back to that secondary idea for tagging is is to qualify for Hazel rules. It's funny to me, but there is a, a utility on the Mac that alone almost makes tagging worth the trouble. Hazel used to, I used to qualify all of my Hazel rules by using labels because before there were tags, there were labels in the Mac operating system. I think this actually still works. I think that the label support is still, is still, even though it may not be visible, I think it's still built in there somewhere. Uh, uh, the label keyword and spotlight now basically mirrors tags. Like if you, your default, when you, when you first start with OS 10, your default tags are what we used to know as labels. As labels. That's why it still works. Okay. So Hazel just treats them the same way. Yeah, they basically tag superseded. Yeah, it's like it's a it's a it's a red tag, red that's that's labeled red, and that's the old label. As I understand it. Yeah, yeah I think that's, that's how that works. So I, the way that I use it, and I'm sure you probably do similar, David, is I've use Hazel or to, to label things like once something has been done. So after something's been OCR'd for me, it's it's labeled blue or OCR'd. And so that's how I know if something's been OCR'd so it doesn't then try to continue OCRing it or something like that. That's a little different than the way I use it, but we're gonna get into that um in a minute here. But the um but that's 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 applying a tag after you've performed an action to indicate something has happened to it. Uh, what we were talking about before the break is you also use the tagging just to kind of do a rough and dirty sort of a file. Like if you go through your action folder and you see a dental bill and you tag it dental insurance, um, that's going to be probably enough for uh, Hazel with a you know the right rules in place to to put those into the right shallow folder system where the dental bills get sorted. And I know there's other ways to do it. You don't have to write in about text recognition and stuff, but we're talking about tagging today. And and there's some things where this makes more sense to do through a tagging system than some sort of automatic character recognition uh, routine. And the uh, the caveat there, and I'm glad neither of you said you were doing this, but don't use tags as to-do markers. Like you can use it to mark something done, especially if it's something that's automated in the background. That's an excellent visual marker. But if you start tagging files as important and to do, you will lose track quickly. And pretty soon you will have 150 to do files that you haven't had time to go back because you'll have to manually then untag them and tag them as done. And that is so much work. It defeats the, the whole purpose of tagging. And like the way I would the way I would handle that. 
the way I do handle that is I've got an Apple script that creates an OmniFocus um, task. So if I... And then removes the tag? No, I just never tag it with something to be done to do. Like ah. a, a good example is the life insurance. For whatever reason, I cannot automate payment to my life insurance. It's every three months and it's a long story. And, you know, the banking and insurance companies are terrible. So whatever. But so I have to physically go in and ma- manually pay that one every nine uh, or every three months. Well, I don't want to to die and not have paid it. And then suddenly my family's screwed. So um, <laughs> when that bill comes in, um, I don't tag it to pay, but I have um, Hazel run an, an uh, Apple script that creates an OmniFocus tag. But instead, the uh, the file gets sorted into the life insurance folder, and it gets the tag for life insurance and insurance, and so I can find it later. But it never gets a tag that says, this is something you have to pay right away. And I have a separate system that reminds me, you need to pay that. FYI. I learned recently during a, a rough time that you can actually freeze life insurance policies for a cycle and they just they don't gain interest and they and you don't the uh, cash value stops. But then you can pick it back up. You should make sure that's set up to automatically automatically happen. That happened for both my term and my my whatever the other one is. I, I hire people for this. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> you still got to pay the bill though. So yes, uh, you really do. So, so let your computer automate some of that for you. Um, well, let, let's talk a little bit about um, developing a tagging scheme, because I think that's something that's kind of important to all of this. Like if, if somebody's listening and they want to start tagging files, um, they don't really know where to start with it. Uh, I, we got an email from a listener that said, the problem with tagging is I don't know where to start or how to make a tagging scheme. He said, it's like, uh, you don't really know how this tagging scheme works until after you've created it. He said, it's like building a mountain to figure out where the best place to build a mountain is. And I thought that was a good problem that people and a stumbling block for people. Absolutely. Uh, so where do you guys start if if someone says, I want to start tagging files? What are some good generic rules to follow? Should I go first? Yeah. Um, you're, you're the, you're you're the, the expert. You're the pro. <laughs> uh, so uh, consistency is is the, the major rule. Um, I, I built the mountain in several places, so I should, you know, make sure that no one else has to. And the thing that will happen after a year of tagging, if you don't have a consistent system, is you will essentially have 2,000 tags on your system, all of which are associated with like three files. And that is not like the point of a tag is to gather like information uh, through through criteria that don't already exist on the file. So that would be the first point, actually, is things like dates. Those are already on your files. Those already exist in the metadata. You can already search those with Spotlight. Don't make date-based tags. Uh, don't use priority-based tags. Uh, use tags that indicate, uh, like for me, context, project, and then generally an identifier uh, about what specifically is in the file. I try to keep my tagging to three tags per file uh, when possible. And... Uh, how I could go super deep into this, but like, okay. So next simple step would be to pick uh, a casing format, whether you're going to use all lowercase, uh, if it's multiple word tag, are you going to use spaces or camel casing or no 
I like, I personally, I do everything all lowercase, no spaces. Um, and as long as I stick to that, that's the way you should do it. I mean, let's just, let's pick a stand here because <laughs> if you try to do camel case, you are going to spend so much time trying to remember, well, is this the one that I camel case or not? Or if you use any capitalization mechanism short of everything is capital, um, you, you are always going to be wondering, and then you'll go through your tags and you'll find that you'll have different iterations. Like I use all lowercase too. I don't know if Brett's the one who told me that or if I read it somewhere, but that's always the way I've been doing tags and, and most file naming, frankly. And then I never have to worry about whether I'm capitalizing it correctly because I just know it's all lowercase. It doesn't matter. Proper name, I don't care. Lowercase. Right. And singular. You have to pick. In fact, uh, you can't pick. Always use singular tags. Don't tag something as images because you're tagging a single image. Tag it as image. And uh, otherwise, you'll end up with both tags in your system. You'll have an image tag and an images tag that aren't connected. I just ran into that recently. I don't remember what the word is. Let's say it was images. And uh, I noticed in going through in the finder, you can d expose all of your tags and it puts them in alphabetical order. And I was going through them. I realized I said, oh, I've got one for image and one for images. So someplace along the way, I added an S. I made one of them plural. And then because it autofills as you add tags, I just added on to the madness. And and to fix that now, that used to be a, a huge pain in the neck because we were setting tags, I think, in 2011 by going into the inspector. Um, uh, now, all you do is go and find her and go to the plural version of the tag and hit Command A to select all. Just drag it onto the singular version of the tag. And you just tagged all of those items with the proper tag. And then you just select the plural version and delete it. And you just deleted that tag throughout the system and you just fixed everything. I mean, uh, when the, the listener wrote in about, right, you know, climbing mountains, I was thinking this is one of the things you need to understand is it's okay if you climb the mountain, you realize you're slightly off course because it's not that hard to make course adjustments now. I mean, it's a lot easier to, to reapply tags. Along the same lines, um, the tag like if you uh, right click a file in Finder and choose tag tags, I think it is. Mine's on a keyboard shortcut, but um, yeah, choose tags. If you have multiple files selected, any common uh, tags between them are showed. They show up dimmed, and you can delete that and add a new tag to all of them, uh, which has the same effect as what you're talking about. But you can do it with multiple tags very quickly. So there are good mechanisms built in to kind of repair a messy tagging system. All right. So we got some, we got a good list of tips here. Now, no dates, no priority, lowercase singular. What else you got for us? The, okay. So an older tip used to be like, keep a list of tags you've used because you forget after six months. But as you're talking about the, uh, the autocomplete and finder and hopefully iOS is going to make that somewhat obsolete because you can quickly just test to see if a tag has been used before uh, just by typing the first character of it and seeing what comes up. I do use uh, prefix characters for specific types of tags, uh, like a, a pound sign at the beginning of a tag indicates that it's a context. So that would be like code or errands or you know, sponsorships, et cetera, things that get grouped into a very large context, regardless of project. Uh, and 
equals and et and colons are all used in different ways in my system. Can you get, can you give us some examples? I mean, okay. I well, so my, my tag filer system is based on those four symbols. Um, the, uh, the files, the, the folders where I want files to get moved to are tags with tag with equals and then the name of a context and subfolders are tagged with at and then the name of a context. And then files I want to be filed in those get tagged with pound name of a context. Did I say at context at project? They're tagged with pound context and colon project. And that can be extended. So you could have like colon. Uh, writing colon brettterpshire.com colon images and or image sorry <laughs> and uh gotcha. colons colons are great in uh mac os tags because you can if you are doing a spotlight search and you type tag colon you can type any colon segment of a colon delineate delineate delineated tag and it'll find it so you can actually have kind of multiple tags compressed into one and still have it searchable as long as it has one part between colons that's the same as another tag. But that's also going to result in you having lots of really long tags, right? Correct. So when my system picks that up, when Hazel notices a new file that has any context tag, it will go to the main folder for that context, the one tag equals context name, and then split the colons up and figure out what subfolders it should direct the file to, and then retag it with just the last part of the colon tag. And, and are you doing this with just Hazel rules, or do you, I think you have a script running too, don't you? Well, or it's it's Hazel running a script, yeah, yeah, which is available. I'm going to take a look at that because the way I've been doing it is. Like um, for legal matters, I'll have a tag for the client and then a, a tags for, you know, admin versus correspondence versus, you know, the various subfolders. And then I just run a separate set of rules in the folders. But it's a pain in the neck to, to do that, to set that up. Well, and the, the, the fact that this is the way we're talking about tagging systems uh, involving <laughs> you have to have Hazel and scripts and everything. This is why. Tagging is not uh, uh, highly promoted by Apple at this point. Yeah, I agree. I'm already sensing that you guys tag a whole lot more files than I do. Tagging is really my exception rather than my rule. I'm sure you find that makes it kind of useless for you. Well, uh, tags that are, are, I put a tag on a file when it's something that is particularly important. Um, and, And so I find the opposite. I find that if it's something that's really important or something I need to be able to get back to quickly, that's when a tag becomes important because I find I find that tagging things too often or tagging with too many tags makes it overwhelming for me. Which is why I limit to three. Yeah. But do you find that a year later you remember what tag was going to be important or are these more short-term things for you? No. Like one of my most often used tags is um, taxes or tax. Is, is the tag because it's not plural, it's just tax. So if it's anything that is tax related or tax receipt, it's a received or something that I think might have to do with my taxes, it just gets the tax tag. Guess what color it is? Just, just so you don't have to feel bad, taxes is something I consider a singular. Yeah. Like that's, that's an event. <laughs> <laughs> that one gets a Terpstra exception, just okay. so we're clear. 
All right. Well, tax, <laughs> T-A-X is, is what I tag. I try to keep my tags as, as very short. I, th- I think all of my tags are one word. I, I, I'm not afraid to make them two words. It just depends on like some of my clients. I just have to have two words for their appropriate tag because of the way the, the company's named or whatever. Uh, and that's one of the nice things about the new tagging systems. You can have spaces in them. It doesn't matter. Well, and here's where here's where colons are helpful, though, because you can actually create hierarchical tags. So you could have the same tag used after a colon where the the prefix was different. So then the second part of the tag is grouped with the other ones with the same second part of the tag. But you can also search for them as specifically things tagged with this that are part of whatever came before that tag and narrow it down from there. Well, well, historically, I was like Katie. I didn't use tags much because I I didn't want to put the time into making them. But um, the last three months, I've been running this experiment where I've been aggressively applying tags. And not only do I use Hazel to file by tags, I also use Hazel to create tags. Like all of my Hazel rules that go through and do OCR and find out the insurance bill or whatever, and they 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 suss out what the file is without me telling it. Uh, when they figure out that it's an insurance bill, they will apply the appropriate tags because Hazel can apply tags to a file as well. So I feel like I'm getting tagging now almost for free. Um, we're going to talk uh, after the next break about how we apply tags, but but just to be clear, it doesn't take a lot of time and effort to put these things on anymore because Apple's made it so easy, uh, particularly on the Mac. Um, but then the the question becomes, okay, let's say you go through the step to add all those tags, you know, what do you get? What's the payoff? And, um, and I think the payoff is partly allowing automation tools to have a leg up and have a little bit better information. I think the other automation, the other payoff is, is like Brett was saying is you find files on a search that you may have wanted without knowing existed, you know, finding the file that you knew existed is easy. You don't need a tag to do that. But what if you run a tag uh, search that presents some files you forgot you had that are relevant to what you're doing? And I think that's where the payoff is. Yeah, for me, the the example I always provide is uh, people who work on projects. Like I'm an independent developer and freelancer, and everything I work on belongs to a project. And I'm sure that in just about any job, you're working one project at a time or in most cases, multiple projects at a time. And you can group files together that are related, but may not belong. If you have a deep hierarchy of folders where you're like, this is this client, this year, this month, this project, this type of file. Like we talked about at the beginning, those are single views, you know, of of just the files that match all of those criteria. But if they're tagged, you know, appropriately with, just a, a context or a, like a client and a project name, then you can gather all of those files together without having to create those deep folder hierarchies. I feel like I've explained that more eloquently in the past, but. Well, we're going to link your blog post because there, there's two kind of tagging systems emerging from this discussion. The first is, I would say, the basic one, the one I'm currently using, where uh, lowercase singular, I mean, have single tags. Like for a client, for example, I would have the client, every client name has a tag. And then there's another tag that may be corporate. That's one of the tags if it's a corporation and I manage corporate documents for them. And then after that, 
there that's it. I have the client name and the word corporate, and then the system is going to say, okay, there's a shallow list of folders here and the files app. Uh, anything with client name Acme goes in the Acme folder, and then anything with the word corporate attached to it goes into the corporate subfolder. And then if I need to look for a corporate document or I want to look for tags of corporate documents, I can search that. Now, if it's a unique document that I'm making that I, you know, it's a buy-sell agreement or something. I may apply a buy-sell tag, and then I can easily search out all the buy-sell agreements I have if there's a certain clause I'm looking for that I may have used on something else. So that's the way the system kind of unearths things for me. Now, the second system we're talking about here is the one Brett wrote up in his blog post, which I recommend everybody that listens to this, if they're interested, read it, because Brett's implemented a system that takes out the the second layer of Hazel rules that I'm applying to to auto sort that stuff. He's doing it with this colon designator, and it's it's super rocket sciencey stuff. But actually, if you spend an hour going through the post, you could probably set it up. It's not that difficult. According to Google Analytics, it only takes people six minutes to go through the post. There you go. It and takes a little bit up. longer to implement. <laughs> a little bit longer to implement. But so we'll, we'll put that. In. So we've got a couple different schemes here, and then Katie's got the idea of saying, "Well, look, I'm not going to do all that stuff." Uh, but I do want to use tags uh, for some priority-based file searching. So I know it's jumping ahead, but in response to that, I would say Apple. Uh, since the days of Next, Steve Jobs had wanted Steve Jobs had wanted to move away from the idea of folders and files and to create something more, I guess, uh, user-friendly, organic. I would say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And tagging has been, it, it began while Jobs was still alive. I think it was kind of the step that Apple wanted to take toward removing the file system. And if you look at the development of iCloud, they really, they really have tried to not make people think as much about folders and instead think about apps. But we obviously saw the limitations of that very quickly in iOS when we had files that maybe should be associated with multiple apps and it became painful to move them between them. And now that they are finally integrating tagging, I think that is, I think the future is going to be more tag based. But what we're talking about right now is even less user friendly than folders. So <laughs> there are going to be changes. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by Text Expander. Recall your best words instantly and repeatedly. Head over to textexpander.com to learn more. I love it when Text Expander sponsors the Mac Power Users because the application helps me so much in my day-to-day -day work. Text Expander lets you instantly insert snippets of text from a repository of emails, boilerplate, and other content as you type using a quick search or abbreviation. So at its most basic level, Text Expander is a text replacement tool, but it's so much more, particularly in the hands of a Mac Power user. If you're listening to this show, you know that you can get more out of your computer, and Text Expander is, I would argue, an automation tool for doing just that. With Text Expander, for example, you can put code into the Text Expander snippet that chooses variables like the current date. So when I'm taking notes in Apple Notes following a telephone call, I can just type in a, a brief snippet and it automatically inserts the day and the time that I receive the call when I make the note. Uh, 
Another thing you can do is you can insert hard keys like tab keys. So if you spend a lot of time on the internet and you have to tab between fields on forums, you can write a text expander snippet that will actually tab key for you and allow you to jump between those different fields and make filling out the forums that much easier. I use the same trick in email. So when I'm sending an email, I can fire off a text expander snippet in the subject line. And then text expander will type the subject line. It'll hit the tab key and then it'll go to the body and start writing the body of the email for me. All of this stuff saves me extra keystrokes and extra time, and it really pays off in the end. I uh, Last month, I went on vacation, and I had to go to court, so I spent a lot of time doing things other than sitting at my desk, so I thought Text Expander probably didn't save me that much time. Well, I just got the report back from Text Expander in the month of July. It saved me four hours, so even though I wasn't working that much in my computer, that was four hours of typing that Text Expander did for me. Think what you could do if you got four hours back every month. Maybe you go to a ball game with your kid, or maybe you do more work. Either way, Text Expander is there to help you out. So to learn more, head over to TextExpander.com and sign up. Let them know you heard about it here on the Mac Power users. They love Mac Power users listeners because they're some of the best customers. And get yourself four hours back this month using Text Expander. Thanks, Text Expander, for all of your support of the Mac Power users. All right, we're going to definitely talk about more of what we're doing in the future with tags later. Um, but right now, um, somebody listening, let's just talk about how do you apply tags? You know, what's the process we go through? If you if you decided you want to give this thing a legitimate shot, how are you putting tags on your files? Uh, starting with the Mac, how are you doing it, Brett? Uh, so I used to have to use multiple applications uh, like tags.app, which no longer works and that's kind of my fault, actually. But uh, things have gotten <laughs> to a Why point. Is it your fault? I acquired the code for tags.app. Oh, I didn't know that. It became very uh, like I wanted to make it continue to work, but it there were so many blockades and Apple was adding their own functionality quickly enough that it was not a a profitable endeavor for me. So so it really is your fault. I thought you were just. It, yeah, like literally my fault. But <laughs> okay. but be, everything that tags could do is rapidly becoming a reality within the within Finder. Um, so for me, I just I assigned a keyboard shortcut through system preferences to uh, launch the tags dialog, the same one you get from the right click context menu. Uh, and then I just I add my tags with autocomplete and my commonly used tags are there for me to click if I need them and edit my tags there. Obviously, I have some scripts that do some tagging in the background, but for the most part, it's uh it's just it's there. It's built in for me. Yeah, so so to create that keyboard shortcut, you go into the keyboard uh, system preference and the command is the word tags uh plural tags with um Of course it is. Uh, with an ellipsis afterwards. It's not three dots. It's an ellipsis. I think it's option semicolon if memory serves. Correct. So you have to type, that's the command. And then you assign it a keyboard shortcut. I actually, I, I think I use control option command semicolon to assign my tags. Control I, option command. That, that's, that's just, you know, that's yeah. just in my head. That's the one that works. So then I select files. You hit that button. And then the tagging menu comes up and you can tag it in. With the fact that you've got these autocomplete now, it's very quick work to add tags to a file. Um, you can also apply that 
this keyboard shortcut to multiple files. So if you've got a whole folder and you say, I want all these assigned a certain tag, just hit command A, then your keyboard shortcut and type your tag in and you're off to the races. Um, it's, it's really easy. So that's, that's doing it in the finder. Um, the second way you add tags on Mac is, is as Brett alluded to earlier is in the save and open dialog box. Yeah, that's where I do it mostly. I, I use default folder X, so I don't know if that interface, I don't think the interface is any different. I think the tag interface is still the same. Well, so default folder X, you used to have to apply tags in its dialog at the bottom, but now by default, every open save dialog has right underneath the file name, a tagging field. Yeah, even if you don't have default folder X installed, when you save, the save dialog box is where I do it so often, um, is it's got the name of the file, then you hit the tab key and you're in the tag field. So you can add your tags right there. And it, when you're in any uh, document-based application, it has the little icon at the top where you would click it and it would show you the file name and you could move the file from there. There's also tagging dialog there, so you can tag a document while you're working on it. Yeah, So, and I use that often when someone sends me a PDF. And um, so the PDF... Like I get them in the legal side of my life. A lot of times people send me a PDF to review a contract. I'll, I'll apply a tag for the client name. I'll have a, con a tag for the word contract. And then I usually uh, add a, a tag. If it's a big transaction, I'll add a tag for the other party. And then, and then I just save it to the action folder from the same box. You can save the action folder. Then Hazel does the rest based on those tags. And, and that's something that where I wouldn't make a custom Hazel rule for it. But because I'm using tags, it's using this this idea of a shallow folder structure to put all this stuff in a place where I could drill for it if I wanted and find it, or I could just open it via the tags later. I find it adds peace of mind for me. If So if I get like a, a tax form from my insurance company and I don't get many of those, you know, maybe one a year, um, and I have it open in preview and I'm tempted to just always keep it open in preview until I actually use it. Uh, I can just drop that dialogue down at the top of the, uh, of the preview, add my tags that'll make sure, you know, based on my tagging system that I have some faith in, make sure I'll know where to find it when I need it. And then I can close that window. So it's, uh, it's sanity for me too. Yeah. I mean, it, it is a, um, I, I, t I used to talk about how finding a file on your computer is like a needle in a haystack if the haystack is like 50 miles tall because there's millions of files on your computer. If you don't know what you're doing, it, you will lose files. Um, but a tagging system does give you kind of that, that built and suspenders way of finding them. But also why I combine with a shallow folder hierarchy because exactly I come from the days of spotlight comments, which were extremely fragile when you tagged in using spotlight comments. and at any given time, something like Dropbox or any sync service could easily wipe out all of your tags. So it was secondary peace of mind for me to have them at least in some kind of subfolder. Um, that is honestly less of a concern now. But yeah, sanity. Okay, so I think that covers the basics on the Mac, uh, setting aside automation for the second. On iOS, we'll cover this more when iOS 11 ships because it feels to me like it's not fully baked yet. But you can, there's a series of taps you can do in the Files app on a tag to change a tag or apply a tag to a file. Um, it's not nearly as fast as you know the semicolon keyboard shortcut trick we talked about earlier. 
um, but it's there. And I haven't figured out a way to apply it to multiple um, files yet, but you know, we're going through iterations of the iOS. I don't want to be too hard on something that hasn't even shipped yet. Um, but it's out there and you can apply them on iOS for the first time and you can search by them on iOS, which is great. Um, uh, but there's almost nothing there for automation yet, but it's too early. I mean, I, I could see workflow coming up with ways to apply tags. I could see a lot of things happening on iOS once the thing ships, but you know, nobody's going to do anything in third-party apps or even first-party apps until it all gets sorted out. Right. Have you played with it much? Do you have iOS 11 running on anything? I have it on one device, but I have not gone in-depth with it. I have played with the tagging. I have played with the files app. But like you said, it's right now it's pretty rudimentary. So what about, uh, you know, we've kind of been dancing around this idea of automation uh, tag creation, which I think is a huge benefit to anybody that's interested in this. Because, you know, we, you know the, the old idea of you put more, if you put more time into creating tags, then you use benefiting from them, then they aren't worth it to you. But now with Apple creating a built-in tagging system throughout the whole operating system and third-party applications having the ability to address those tags, um, you may be able to get tags with very little cost up front. You may be able to have your automation tools do almost all of it for you. Um, we, I think we've, we beat the horse dead on Hazel, but, but just to be clear, Hazel applies tags. It reads and applies tags. So any Hazel rule you have that's filing something in a folder for you, it is trivial for you to add additional step that says, oh, and by the way, also add the tag for this matter or this item or whatever this tag you want to add for this type of file. You can add multiple tags that way. So uh, you get tagging for free if you're using Hazel right now or anything that you file automatically through Hazel. It's just free. Great stuff, right? Yeah. If you're, if you're already filing things with Hazel, go ahead and just have it apply consistent tags and you know they're consistent and you can start to build systems without even trying. Um, another thing you can do is uh, you can do a keyboard shortcut, which we've covered already. Um, uh, we mentioned default folder X for a long time. You know, when we had was open meta tags, uh, default folder supported that where, where Apple's default save and open dialog box did not. That, that feature in default folder X is not as big of a deal anymore as it used to be because now it's everywhere. Um, what about Apple script? Do you use Apple script at all with tagging? Uh, I do, but most of the tagging that I do through scripting is done through the command line tool X A T T R X Atra. It's the extended attribute tool. Um, and that gets complicated for a lot of tagging. You have to apply, uh, like hashed versions of tags and it's not something that even the average Mac power user is going to get into. Um, but uh, Apple Script does make it possible through Finder, and I'll use that for, uh, especially within Hazel rules and whatnot. Well, I see, because I, I've been playing with Apple Script in preparation for the show, and I, well, I see support in Apple Script for labels, which is the traditional tags. I see almost no support for tags. It's like they never got around to it. I, I don't know. If, if I recall correctly, labels, the labels um, uh, language in Apple Script actually applies tags. All right. Well, I, I haven't got to the bottom of that stack yet then, because if we can't figure a way to reliably Apple script it, then that's, that's a shame. I think. Agreed. The, um, Katie, are you doing anything else to automate? Well, I guess you, you probably are manually applying the tags because you do so few of them. Yeah. I'm manually applying them very 
most of the time, but I have a few Hazel rules that will occasionally apply tags. Like, for example, when Hazel autosaves and renames something that I know is a tax-related receipt, then it will get automatically tagged. You know, if Hazel does something to something that I know is going to be tag-worthy, then it will automatically apply the tag while it's at it. So that is probably the only automation that I'm doing with tags, but that's probably the exception rather than the rule. Yeah, I, I'm right now working on coming up with a script. I haven't finished it yet because I'm still trying to figure out how to get Apple Script to address tags. But I want to create a rule where I can say everything in this folder and its included subfolders gets a tag. You know, kind of looking at Brett's idea of a shallow folder structure. Uh, I have a lot of folder structures that are not that shallow because, you know, I, I, I built them before I was seriously considering tags. And I want to be the ability to tag, you know, three or four folders deep with tags uh, without having to go into each folder and manually select all and applying tags. I haven't figured that out yet, but I think there's a way to do uh, it. You emailed me about that months ago. Yeah, I know. I've just been busy. I've been, I, I think it, I think it's <laughs> I think it's addressable via Apple script, but getting the Apple script label uh, to apply a tag has not been uh, trivial for me. Uh, it seems like if you take a look at. And you, like if you Google for uh, folder flattening scripts, Apple scripts, you could modify any of those to just traverse and uh, tag instead of actually flattening a folder. Yeah, that's what I need to do. So it'll just crawl through each one and do the job. Yeah, I'll, I'll sort it out. But they, but <laughs> I, and once I do, I'll publish it. Or once Brett does for me, I'll publish it. <laughs> Brett will have it written up and published before you do it. Yeah, I'll ping you right after the show. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of apps that have traditionally had their own internal tagging systems are beginning to write those tags out to files in the Finder. Um, apps like Together and Devon Think. NVAlt does on my machine, but not for everyone else because that became a... <laughs> The way NVAlt, the way original notational velocity handled tagging, uh, it became very uh, harrowing to try to port existing tags to Finder tags. So that's that's not for everyone. Sorry, but um, but a lot of a lot of the apps where you might have already used tagging, uh, anything you've tagged in there probably is already porting to uh, Apple tags. Yeah. So and so the good news with all of this is that. The, the Apple system is, is being adopted. Everybody considers it, I think, pretty stable and frankly superior to whatever uh, half-baked efforts we've had in the past. And I think it's going to become universal. I I just feel like uh, for the first time in my life, I'm serious about wanting to appropriately tag a lot of files and use and get the benefit of that, um, which is why we're here today, frankly, you know, to kind of talk through these things. Is there any other automation methods for applying tags that we haven't covered? I don't think so. I think there'll be more. I think I think as this gets bigger, I, I do think that the fact that they're now uh, being synchronized to iOS 11 is going to make a lot more people interested in them. And it's an opportunity for developers on both platforms. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's been honestly for a lot of people who work on their iPad at all. What's the point of tagging things if they're useless when you're on the go? So I think it's going to make a huge difference. Well, let's talk about the point of tagging things. So you've applied all these tags through your various automation and manual processes. We've talked about how you've set up the tags, but the tags are really useless if you can't find them and do something with them. So what do you do now? 
now that you've got all these tags applied, because we're clearly not tagging just, well, some of us are tagging just for the sake of tagging, but mostly we shouldn't do that. Now you've got all these tags applied. What do you do with them? How do you find them and and implement things with them? So David mentioned earlier the uh, the the finder sidebar where it shows you what I think uh, five most recent tags, actually four most recent tags and an all tags button. That is actually, as you've probably experienced, David, once you get a thousand tags, um, that starts to bog down. Um, I, a lot of the slowness I've ever experienced in Finder, I've, I've traced down to, uh, it processing tags for that. So I actually hide those most of the time. Um, but the all tags button will show you a list of all the tags on your system in alphabetical order, uh, which again, once you have a thousand of them, is kind of unwieldy. So I would say the the point for me is Spotlight. Uh, if I just type tag colon and then the name of any tag, it will immediately drop every file and item that I've tagged with that tag or any, you know, like it'll autocomplete. And if you type a partial tag that has multiple endings, it'll show you all the possible matches. So that can lead to a whole other folksonomy for the whole thing. But now, are you doing this with Spotlight? Because I'm, I can do it with, you know, Launch Bar, and I'm sure Alfred can as well. Is that what you're using? Are you using Spotlight for all this? I use Spotlight for all file searching. I use Launch Bar for everything else. But if I'm searching for files, my my muscle memory just automatically brings up Spotlight. And because uh, I put Launch Bar on Control Space and Spotlight on Command Space and that's just ingrained, but we'll talk about later how wrong that is, but that's for, no, no, I'm just kidding. The, the, thing, the thing is though, like all of these systems are using the metadata query system, which is what spotlight uses. Uh, and anytime you're searching in a, an open or save dialogue, if you're searching, uh, in a lot of apps, uh, you're using spotlight. So it doesn't have to be within the, the pop-up bar. Uh, and when you're making a smart folder or just searching from the search bar and finder, you're still using Spotlight. So when I say I use Spotlight to to use the tags, uh, I mean any of those ways to access Spotlight, including building smart folders in Finder. Yeah, I, I find uh, searching them not in the Spotlight pop-up bar, but instead actually in the Finder Spotlight window is even better because... Um, the suggested results are super helpful. Well, and then you can hit the, uh, the the little plus button that comes up and actually start building criteria without having to type out a huge long string with this tag and not this tag and this tag and this tag and but use the criteria builder and make a permanent search out of a lot of things and you're, you're golden. Take a moment and thank our longtime sponsor, 1Password, for their support of Mac Power users. Now, you all know that I use 1Password to manage all of my passwords. I use it to create strong, secure, unique passwords for all of my various sites. I use it to automatically fill in my passwords, both on Mac and iOS. I use it to secure confidential information and notes like confidential family information, medical information, and all of those fun types of things. I use it to secure my software licenses. 
And I now use 1Password to secure all of my one-time passwords. So we have been talking for a long time about the use of one-time passwords. So this is when you go to a website and you can add a second authentication factor. So sometimes sites do this by sending you a, an SMS message code, or you can use a secure authentication app, and you can get a randomly generated code that usually changes every minute or so. Well, 1Password has supported this for a while, and it makes it really convenient to be able to store all of those passwords in one place. And with the newest version of 1Password, 1Password 6.8 for Mac and iOS, they call it the Picnic Edition, they've always got cool names, those one-time codes now become a whole lot easier to use. Because when you go to a, a website with 1Password that has one of those one-time use codes, 1Password not only autofills your information onto the website, your username and password, but if it's a site that has one of those one-time autofill codes, it will automatically copy that one-time fill code onto your clipboard as well, because what's going to happen immediately after you fill in your username and password, it's going to ask you for that one-time use code. You don't have to go back to the app. You don't have to go back to the extension. You just hit command V or paste it right in and boom, you're done. Everything is taken care of. It is probably the best new feature of 1Password. And believe me, there are a lot of great new features in 1Password. It helps you use your website securely. It helps you keep things all locked down and it keeps everything in one place. So to learn more about all of the great features in 1Password, head over to onepassword.com slash MPU, and that's MPU in all caps, to learn more about how 1Password can help you and get a special discount for our listeners. Thanks 1Password for your support of the show. I feel like, so we explained to Katie how we're using it to find documents, but have we really answered the question? I mean, what is it, you know, what is something a day in the trenches that this really helps you? The reason I started tagging to begin with, uh, back in the days of, you know, using spotlight comments was my folder hierarchy had gotten so deep that it was beginning to involve as much thought to find a file, like tracking through the file system to find a single file as it was to, you know, start learning how I was going to group these in a new way. Um, so for me at this point with a, an established tagging system, finding a file, uh, based on just knowing what project it was from or, uh, you know, that combined with a date, a context and a date, like spotlight searches that can combine tags with other criteria. I can find any file that I want to from the last five years, no problem, regardless of whether I remember anything about the file name or even the client name at that point. It's all trackable for me in a way that normally I would have to pull out, you know, whatever drive I archive things on and start meticulously going through folders to try to remember those missing pieces of information. So I guess that's really where it becomes truly useful for me is a year later uh, when I've forgotten all of the things. Like I can remember where the file I made yesterday was. No problem. I can't remember where the file I made a year ago was. Yeah. So for me, the payoff is finding related types of files, the tags, the tags on earth. What I find is that there are files that are in my system that I'm not aware of anymore. And, um, and using tags allows me to get to those. And I'm, I'm a, a novice at this compared to Brett. That's why we had Brett on the show. But, uh, even with this three month extended experiment, I can already see that I'm, I am looking for ways now actively to see that, you know, in certain areas of my life, all files are tagged and, um, 
And I just want to have that going forward. Now, it's actually quite easy going forward because I'm such an active Hazel user to um, to apply tags on a go-forward basis with almost no extra effort. Uh, and the the challenge I'm for, facing right now as I start to sort out, and I'm frankly going to have to build some tools, um, is I want to be able to apply tags of that I've found from the top of my mountain to my existing file structure without spending a lot of time on that. That's where I'm going to have to figure out how to save time through automation. But but it, it pays off. And I, I think that with the extension of the system over both platforms, I think it's going to pay off even more. So I think one of the reasons why I have not developed a, a large reliance on tags is because I have always been a deeply integrated files and folders person. I've always had a deep file system. You know, I, I have multi-level folders and I can dig deep into folders and I can, I can tell you pretty much where everything in my system is because I can drill right down into a folders and I have multiple folders deep. I think in that original tags episode, that original show that we did in episode 45, I think we talked a lot about hunters and gatherers. Are you someone who gathers all of your files and, and puts them in folder systems like I do? And I think I decided that I was a gatherer. Are you someone who hunts for your files, whether it's through searches or tags? And so I guess I'm curious, probably more for Brett, as a result of the fact that you're relying on tags so much, has it changed how you organize your files? Do you have this one documents folder where everything is dumped in, or are you still using a, a file file management system? I still subscribe to the idea of a shallow folder hierarchy, which I said, you know, it's it's for my sanity. The way that I access files, I could easily do without folders, but I, I, I there there's a certain um, ingrained. Uh, sense of security with actually having folders. So I do like, they don't go deep. That's I call it a shallow folder hierarchy because I'll have like, I'll have my code folder and then that will have no more than two subfolders off of it. So like everything for my app marked is in code marked. And then, uh, the each, the each one more level of subfolders within that, uh, with like, uh, artwork and icons and documentation. Um, so it'll go that deep, but then I'll find things using the tags because I save everything to my desktop. Uh, anytime I'm saving a file, command shift D in the, in the save dialogue, enter, and everything goes to my desktop uh, with tags. And if they're not tagged when I save them, I tag them at the end of the day. And then my tag filer puts them in those folders for me. So they're there, but uh, as far as my daily operations go, I'm saving everything to one place and I'm finding it using tags in the background. It's actually being filed into folders. Yeah. So I, I would say that bread is a gatherer and hunter. So, and by that, I mean, you <laughs> gather things into these shallow folders and if you need to go find something by brute force, it's going to take you longer than it takes Katie. Cause you don't have subfolders to drill through to, to narrow the herd. Um, but, but I am a hunter gatherer, but, but you're, uh, well, I say gather hunter because first you gather them into the shallow folders and then you hunt them with the tags. But, but the, um, but, uh, I guess has that system ever failed you? You've been using that for a long time now. I can't think of a time that I've thought, oh, this would be easier another way. I, I'm starting to lean your way, Brett, because I like you, uh, managing the, um, 
the nested folders is becoming problematic for me. And the nature of what I do, I think a system with shallow folders and good tags would work for me. If I was a litigator, I'm not sure it would be true, but um, I don't do that much of that anymore. So uh, I, I'm really uh, giving this an effort here and starting to see some benefits. Hey, it only took six years. Well, you know, <laughs> it will, you know, will really push it. I mean, we, you and I have talked about it offline several times, but, but when I saw, oh, it's on iOS 11 now. Okay, so now I see a huge benefit. Uh, when I'm on the files app of my iPad to be able to drill down and to find a full a file that way. Although I have to admit uh, in the beta uh, for you folks that like to work with nested folders, they allow you to save your favorites. So drilling through your folders is going to be a lot easier in a couple months, even if you don't want tags. Um, but, but I, I'm starting to kind of see the light on this stuff and, and try to figure it out. One thing I'd add uh, earlier when we talked about our tagging system, I didn't mention, um, I use the colors of the tags as a, as a category, uh, method, like anything that's a personal thing, um, is blue, like medical or like my sheet music, all that stuff is stuff that I consider personal. It's blue. Anything that is for, um, the law practice is red. I've got colors that I associate with different types of tags. And I find that hugely useful when I'm looking at the files and I see the little um, yellow dots next to them. I can see that it's tagged where it should be. Yeah. And that's, that's essentially the same thing as what I call my context tags. And you, you can only assign colors to the first, what is it? Six or seven uh, tags. Like you can modify the colored tags, but can you have multiple like green green tags so i think it's just the set colors it comes with you can't have different shades right unless i'm missing something so it has a, a group set of colors i think it, you're right it's six or seven of them and i found places for them like i use gray for something that that goes across all platforms like tax records are for the law practice from x Barkey for personal so that's gray um so I, I i've got a kind of a system in my head that works for this but it, it's nice and it's working uh, but I, I am still building my mountain and still figuring things out. But but the good news for that is I can I can make the adjustments very easily. So how many tags do you guys have? Brett, you, you said thousand, maybe thousand plus um, any idea. I'm not looking for an exact number, but but ballpark. Mine's been trimmed down. I think. I wish there was an easy way to uh, count them right now, but um, maybe. 200 on my system right now okay so you had many more and now you've trimmed it down yeah like i said i've built the mountain a few times and uh had to remanage it side note you can rename the color tags so you could have like gray actually say personal or whatever okay sorry no no yeah I'm... you knew that david how many do you think you have I'm probably about the 200 range, but I'm still kind of building the system out as I go along. So I'm guessing I'll get to about 300 by the time I'm done. Wow. Okay. Now, do you think, obviously, Brett, you've trimmed down. Do you, How many tags do you think is too many? I think more than, I guess it's not so much the number of tags as it is. If you, if you open Finder and you click a tag and only one file comes up, then it's a wasted tag. Like it's not associating it with anything. And the chances that you'll remember that tag when you're trying to find that document are pretty slim. Uh, so it's more the number of single, like one-off tags you have that would determine how many is too many for me. 
Yeah, I guess the question she was asking also is, at what point does the system break? You were saying earlier that when you get to around a thousand, things start to slow down. Is that just in the finder when it searches it, or is it overall a problem? It's just in that sidebar. Overall, Spotlight handles it just fine. I've never been able to bog down Spotlight by having too many tags. But that sidebar, the little tag section of the, like where all the folders and everything are listed in Finder, that little tag section has had some serious bugs when you get too many tags. I, like one, another advantage for me of, with all this that I'm finding as I build the system out is I deal with a lot of transactional documents. And sometimes I want to see a comparison once with other matters I've worked on. And there's no folder where I keep all of this type of transaction document because that for the legal practice, that document, when I make it for a client, goes in that client's file. But by adding a tag with the type of transaction, I can very easily get a, a access to all of them, which, you know, just kind of like we were talking at the beginning, it's multiple ways to index and find documents. That's, that's useful. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by Fujitsu and the Fujitsu ScanSnap scanners. Head over to budurl.com. B-U-D-U-R-L dot me slash S-S-M-P-U and solve that problem of all that paper in your life today. In the modern world, paper just accumulates. If you have a desk that's empty in a few days, it's going to have piles of paper on it. You need a way to digitize that paper and get it out of your life. And for that, I recommend the Fujitsu ScanSnap scanners. I've been buying them for years. I've got several of them that I use to run my business, and I, I love the product. Now, Fujitsu makes several document-style scanners. The iX500 is the big one. I've talked about that in the past. Today, I want to talk about the Fujitsu S1300i. Now, that's a little smaller than the iX500. Uh, you can put it in a desk drawer if you want, which is nice if you don't have a lot of room on your desk. Just put the Fujitsu away, and then when the documents come in, you pull it out, plug it in, and you're off to the races. It's still a great scanner, though. It gets 12 pages per minute. It's two-sided with multi-page scanning, which means it's got a scanner that can scan both the front and the back of the paper in one go. So as you scan through, you get both sides of two-sided paper. And it can even be powered by USB if you're going to take it with you on the road. It's a great scanner, and it includes that fantastic Fujitsu software. Uh, the software Fujitsu makes for the Mac, I think, is really great. It has built-in optical character recognition with one of the best engines in the business, so it does a great job of finding all the words in your documents. And it also allows you to do things like scan directly to cloud services. So if you like Dropbox or Evernote or Google Docs or whatever, uh, you can save directly to that location from your Fujitsu ScanSnap. You can even set up profiles for single scans, batch scans, and more. So no matter what type of document you're scanning as you get in, you click on the appropriate profile and everything that you need to have happen just happens. It also comes with software to scan and organize business cards and receipts. The Fujitsu ScanSnap really gives you the whole package. It's absolutely solid hardware, which includes excellent software. So you've got everything you need all in one package. So if you're ready to get rid of all that paper in your life, head over to budurl, that's B-U-D-U-R-L dot me slash S-S-M-P-U and get your new Fujitsu ScanSnap scanner. Whether you get the big one or the small one, it'll take good care of you. Thank you, Fujitsu, for sponsoring the Mac Power Users. All right, guys. So what is the future of tagging? It's, it's had kind of a, a tumultuous history on the Mac. It is now starting on iOS. And you know, I'm always the naysayer a little bit with some of these because I always wonder, 
whether Apple builds a feature in and then abandons it or substantially changes it. And we've now invested all of this time and then ultimately are left with nothing. But clearly the fact that we're seeing support for it in iOS 9, I, I think, is a step in the right direction for tagging. It's definitely a show of support. I, iOS 11, yes, iOS 11 um, <laughs> is a is a strong show of support for, for tagging. But um, it's been a rocky road for tagging thus far. It has. And I still consider it an unstable road. Um, I feel like Apple continuing to add it to uh, new areas and new operating systems indicates definite interest on their part. But it feels like they're still testing the waters. It feels like, like I said, it's been a goal for a long time to try to break away from this folder and file system. Uh, thus far, people, they've had to kind of backtrack on what they've uh, done with like iCloud sandboxed uh, file areas uh, as they added iCloud Drive and uh, made files, uh, the files app a little more universal. Um, to me, that feels like a step, a step back, not, and that doesn't upset me in any way, but a step back from that very uh, app based file system. And I I think they're going to kind of see if they can start moving people towards tagging or not. If if it is never adopted, I imagine it will. I, I don't think it'll go away. I think the tools that we have now will continue to exist uh, for the time being. But Apple's progress forward with it would probably just curtail. I feel like my understanding of the technology at this point is it would be more work for Apple to remove tagging than to leave it there. So that being said, I don't think we have to worry about them pulling the rug out from us entirely at any point. But I also get the feeling that, you know, Steve's not there anymore. And I'm not sure they're all that interested in alternatives to the Finder and nested folders, which is they've clearly adopted with iCloud Drive, which I, I also would agree was overdue. But there's no reason why you can't have both of these things at once. And um, the fact that it's showing up in iOS 11, and I, and like I said, it's too early to say we're going to talk about iOS 11 when it ships, but I feel like the implementation leaves something to be desired on iOS 11, but maybe it will be better by the time it ships. And um, But the fact that it's there at all to me is a, is a good indicator. And the other thing I really like about the this, this system is, I mean, I just cannot under, understate how much easier it is now than it was in 2011 in episode 42 of Mac Power Users to add tags. And, and I mean, the fact that it's in the save dialog box. I mean, Apple took the time to put it in the save dialog box. I don't know how much more we could ask than that. Uh, they've removed so much resistance to creating tags. And I think there's an opportunity there for third-party developers. I know like Hootaspot supports tags and some of these other guys out there that are working on Finder-type app applications. Um, you know, for those of us that want to take advantage of it, I think there's a lot of tools there for us now. Um, so I, I feel kind of rosy about it, except I, I do also feel like um, most people just aren't interested in it. And and the message I want, if you take one thing from the show, I would like it to be that Adding tags to files now, especially if you're a Hazel user, is almost no work. It, you get it for free. Well, absolutely. First, I agree. But make sure you sit down and come up with some kind of plan. Otherwise, you will hit that point where you realize that 
you have disparate tags that mean the same thing and you didn't have a uh an overarching goal to begin with and then you'll hit that like what's the point moment and uh the idea of redoing it all is uh twice as bad as the idea of getting started yeah but but you know again redoing it isn't that hard anymore it really isn't this is true it it is it's a fairly a fairly painless endeavor it's worth it's worth getting into and trying like you said i don't think the rug is going to be pulled out uh what you do now will continue to function so yeah and if you don't if you don't care about it at all you're you're probably still not listening at this point anyway <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, we got we got Brett here, so that at least helps. Yeah, there we go. I I don't know. I am excited about tagging. I'll say that's the reason I wanted to do this show. I I think it's something that is going to be more useful to me now than it has ever been before. I'm not exactly sure what all the implications of it are, but it's just like having more metadata on my files. That can only be a good thing as I try and figure out how to manage things with all these various things going on in my life and these various devices that I'm carrying around. So. Uh, I see, I see good things. Uh, my biggest concern, uh, right now is, is how are they going to implement it on iOS? Are they going to be able to make it as easy as they've done it on the Mac? And I don't think they're there yet, but this is their first crack at it too. I think it will be small steps and, and it has been all along, but I think on, it'll be small steps on iOS. We got a lot in iOS 11 and, um, you know, for productivity and power users and, um, I, I don't know if they'll make huge leaps with tags in iOS 11, but I think the fact that it's there is a start for sure. Yeah. I mean, you just open up the files app and scroll down and you've got all your tags, which is. It'll be, it'll be the third party developers adoption of it that makes the difference and drives it forward. I mean, tagging on Mac OS, like I said, their, uh, KOM user item tag was the metadata key for open meta when Apple implemented tagging directly it's just k user item uh i can't remember the exact keys but they basically just took the om out and they implemented it it was something that the users were already doing so honestly if third-party developers find useful and interesting ways to use tags that it it, it will uh influence the way that tags are uh, implemented going forward well, speaking of third-party developers, Brett, what are you up to these days? Well, you got any special projects going on or anything you can talk about? Well, yeah. I I, I continue to work on the long-promised BitWriter, which is the uh, reincarnation of NVALT. And uh, that has been a big time consumer, uh, but also trying to add a bunch of new stuff to marked my markdown preview app and working on a book with a guy uh yeah i got a lot going on i didn't know about your book can you can you tell us you want to tease us a little bit about that or are you keeping that in your head you can keep it quiet that's fine i don't i don't know david oh you're working on a book with that guy yeah we got a that, we got that, a new yeah. 60 that, tips book coming that guy's always working on a book oh, really truly he is I'm amazed. Yeah. Volume two of 60 tips isn't that far off, gang. And yeah, the spreadsheet is is flush with uh, great tips and we're starting to record podcasts. Or screencast. We have a goal to hit. Right. Yes. Yeah. Screencast. Screen, I, I'm like, screencast. step off, buddy. Don't be taking my job. Hey, <laughs> I make podcasts. Yeah. Um, but we have a goal to hit. We're going to both bring uh, uh, 
a bunch to uh, meet at Command D. It's going to be a blast. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you guys are are working on those things. And um, Brett, where can where can people find you these days? Uh, BrettTerpstra.com is my main base. Uh, it's the URL with three T's in the middle that everyone loves. Um, but then if you want to find me on Twitter or Facebook or anywhere else, GitHub, Last.fm, uh, it's TTSCOFF, T-T-S-C-O-F-F. All right. Well, we've enjoyed having you, and we should mention that you do podcast. Um, you've you've got some interesting ones that have come out recently. <laughs> <laughs> I do. uh I, I do have uh, Systematic. Uh, both of my podcasts are on ESN, ESN.FM. Uh, you'll find Systematic, which is kind of my my interview show where I talk to a lot of amazing people. Most recently, uh, Sal Segoyan, the Apple automation and Apple script guy who is hosting Command-D. Um, and then my other podcast, currently on hiatus while Christina Warren settles into her new job with Microsoft, but that one is called Overtired, and that is ostensibly a tech podcast, but possibly uh, the greatest Taylor Swift podcast of all time. (laughs) That's hysterical. All right. Well, Brett, we have enjoyed having you. We always love you having back on on Mac Power Users, and, and we hope you'll join us again. Thank you so much. I'd be honored to. We want to thank our sponsors for this episode, Casper, Smile, 1Password, and Fujitsu. And we will see you all next time.